I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. Welcome to Proud Stutter, a show about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. I just got to the bus stop here at Laguna and McAllister, just few blocks away from the apartment. I'm gonna head on the bus. Hello, good, how are you? It's so good to meet you. I know, so good to meet you. This is Dustin Wells. As you can probably hear, he is a bus driver in San Francisco where we both live. We met along his bus route, which takes you all the way to the ocean. So I'm gonna try to go all the way to the end, though, okay. Okay, yeah. I'm actually meeting my dog at the beach. So Your dog? Yeah. Dustin is a person who stutters and lives with his family and two dogs in Bayview Hunters Point, a neighborhood on the eastern side of the city. Alamo Square, this is a stop for Alamo Square. Alamo Square, this is a stop for Alamo Square. When I asked him about his stutter, this is one of the first things he told me. I psychologically have never identified with being a stutterer, even though it's like one of the most defining things of out me. And it shaped me, uh, it, shaped, it shaped my whole life. And uh, I never really owned up or had it to being a stutterer because I naively believe that every day when I wake up, I'm not going to stutter anymore. But it hasn't happened, so the odds of it uh, happening are slim. He also mentioned something that I think we all as stutters can relate to. I, since listening to your podcast, I'm either stuttering more or I'm just more aware of it, but I definitely notice it a lot now. And uh, for the very first time in my life, I'm not trying to hide it, and I'm not trying to not stutter, and uh, I like it a lot more than uh, I had been living for the last uh, 52 years, where I would avoid, like, certain social situations like uh, uh, like I ride a bike Um, like I have a hard time ordering in restaurants and like talking on the phone and you know talking to somebody I don't know Uh, I used to have a hard time talking when I was over. So before a social event, I would get uh, likered up and that would help my stutter 
lesson, or I thought it did, <laughs> more than likely not. In addition to stuttering, one of the things I learned a ton about is what it's like to be a bus driver in San Francisco. Bus driving can be an extremely taxing job, emotionally stressful, and physically draining. It's, I don't want to say it's life and death every second, but it's life or death every second. Like, if I hit somebody with that thing, that thing is gigantic. It's like 60 feet long, 21 tons. When it's empty, I'm going down the street at 30 miles an hour, you know. People are like jumping out all the time, kids and elderly folks. And I drove in Chinatown for years where they would jump and for a hundred of you to stop you and stuff. It was outrageous. You wouldn't believe how many times a day, how many times a day. And it doesn't just happen to me, but people who ride the bus see that the bus is about to leave the stop. And they'd like to get on it so they're not at the stop. And they jump in front of you to stop you. Our heart our heart beats go up. People have heart attacks in the seat at that job all the time. And that's why. Despite these factors, Dusty finds a way to ensure that he stays healthy on the job. He bikes to and from work, and every morning, he meditates. Dusty loves his job and the connection he feels to San Francisco while driving through all of its neighborhoods. He also is able to bond with the other bus operators in very interesting ways. Yeah, I feel like um, part of the whole San Francisco mush. Like, I feel like I help San Francisco run. Like, when I started this job, I started with a lot of folks that couldn't speak English hardly at all. So, for like a year on the job, like, they didn't say anything at all. Uh, and a lot of my friends now are operators that are Chinese, and they're Chinese and even though they were here since they were like 12 and 13 years old and stuff, they don't feel comfortable um, uh, with their Chinese accents, right? Mm -hmm. So they try not to talk, which is a funny thing, I feel. And he wasn't going to let me get off the bus without using the intercom and saying one of the stops over the mic. Transfer to the 29 Bayview and Baker Beach. Transfer to the 29 Bayview and Baker Beach. You two can drive a bus. <laughs> I had a great ride with Dustin on his route. Stay tuned to hear more from Dustin Wells Joining me for this special sit-down interview with Dustin is Kristen Evans, owner of my favorite independent bookstore in San Francisco, The Booksmith. Dusty tells us some funny psychic stories, and we get real about some of the most emotional parts of having a stutter. It's all coming up next. 
Proud Stutter is 100% listener funded, and I couldn't do the show without the support of all of our listeners. Shout out to our newest monthly donor, Wayne Engebrensen. If you want to hear your name on an episode of Proud Stutter, all you have to do is donate by going to proudstutter.com and making a monthly contribution. Welcome back. I'm here again with Dustin Wells. This time, we are not on the bus. Joining us is Kristen Evans, our rotating co-host for today. Kristen is a fellow San Franciscan. She lives in the Upper Haight, not too far from Booksmith. Welcome, Dustin and Kristen, to Proud Stutter. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Hello. So, Dustin, let's kick it off with you. Can you tell us more about you and your stutter? Oh, uh, I stuttered since I began to talk, which I guess is about two and a half or so. I had a fall around that age, and I had a traumatic brain injury. And the origin story my family told of my speech uh, was always tied to that, to the fall. But I learned later on in life that my grandfather stuttered and uh, he solved it by not talking. Uh, He drank beer in the coal shed in the dark pretty much all day and uh, not all the the, the time, but any time there was something social going on he'd hide and uh it turns out i i have a 15 year old daughter and she has a stutter also so if i were to pick an origin story now i would probably go with it's genetic yeah it it seems like that's the case definitely um in your case, and I know that there has been studies showing that ge- genetics is tied. I never knew my g- g- grandpa had a stutter until I started the podcast. And my mom said that me and my g- grandpa used to actually talk about stuttering, but I don't remember that at all. So maybe it's just a suppressed memory or something. I don't know, but um, I think it's interesting that we both have had grandfathers that stuttered as well. Well, you know what's really interesting about the memory thing is that uh, in my life, uh, stuttering has been so horrible every time I tried to talk that I don't have a lot of like really distinct memories of uh, stuttering. Like, um, I know that after I would talk, like, I would feel this horrible shame. And it was so horrible that I immediately blacked it out, I think. So when I look back over my life, I can only really call stuttering um, maybe six times, you know, but I stutter every time I talk. So 
it's interesting that we have a selective memory around it. Is there a consistent thread about what unites those memories? Oh, for uh, you? yeah. Like one time in school, I think it was in eighth grade, I had to stand up and say, the path of blood takes through the heart. And you had to do it within like a minute. And I stood up and I could not say it at all. And, you know, and then when I was a senior in college, I was taking a Shakespeare seminar. And I knew the answer, and I was the only one that knew the answer. And I was a straight-A English major, and I was just so excited to be like, oh, I know this answer. And I raised my hand, and I was going to talk, and I just couldn't say a thing, like not a single thing. And the memories all seemed to go along those lines where – I had to say something, and I was excited to say something, and then I was not able to say it at all. So that's it, I think. I still have uh, anxiety dreams about school. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I, think I was going to say, I think a lot of us do. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like I think it's um, it's funny that I'm older now. Like I don't think st- – Stuttering is, it's unique. It's a unique form of like the daily challenge or daily horror. But I know folks that have like social anxiety and they're as old as I am. And like they have to go to uh, school or they have to go to the the, the therapy and they're trying to learn how to not feel the same things I feel like just saying hi and trying to talk to folks that that they don't know and trying to be social and also along the same lines like I know people that don't like to talk because they don't like their accent or they don't, they feel like they're not part of the society uh, because of their racial identity or something like that. So, you know, the shyness thing and the social thing, I don't think is unique to people that does stutter. I agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And one, one of the early things, Dustin, that you and I talked about was your recent visit, or I think it was recent, with a psychic. Can can you t- 
tell us about that story? Oh yeah, I would love these stories. These are one of my favorite stories though. My mom took me to a hypnotherapist when I was a child. And the way my parents dealt with my daughter was to like shame me and just yell at me. They would say, stop, start over. Or they would say this thing we all hate to hear. Think about what you're going to say and then say it. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> that's pretty much what everybody does. But okay. Um, but uh, my mom and dad's m- m- main goal was that my stutter was not attached to anything that they that they had done. You know what I mean? So they were just looking for like absolution. So when I was in sixth grade, my mom took me to a hypnotherapist and the hypnotherapist put me under and we were studying the civil war in school. And I knew a lot of facts about it then. And like, I was like, oh, I was a civil war soldier for the union. Go blue, right? Uh, and uh, I had died and I named the battlefield where I died because we had learned about it in school and everything. I think my mom was in the room at the time. And I think I like really hammed it up to, I was like crying and I was having my scene, you know, like, oh, I'm shot in the heart. And so when we came out of that hypnotherapy and my mom was happy because she was like, aha, you stutter not because I let you fall as a toddler, which she totally did, (laughs) had this horrible accident when she should have had her eyes on me. But that's not why you have a hard time talking. You have a hard time talking because you died in the civil war. (laughs) And I was like, okay. And we just accepted that for like years, right? And then when I tried to say (laughs) as an adult, I was like, hey, mom and dad, you know what? In sixth grade, uh, we were studying about the war in school and I had all these facts and I just totally made that all up. And they were like, no, <laughs> you died in the Civil War, and oh, that's what it is. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then I have a story after that. Wow. Uh, when I came to Psychic, Her- wait, when I came to San Francisco, somebody took me to Psychic Horizons. Which is a psychic school in the mansion here, and I was having a psychic reading done, and you're allowed to ask three things. And I think I was about thirty-two, thirty-three at the time, and I was trying speech therapy again, and it was not going well at all 
And uh, I was like, hey, psychics, what's going on with my stuttering? And the psychics read my aura and stuff. And they told me, one of the psychics said that I was the judge, a judge, in the Salem Witch Trials. And I stuttered now because I felt so horribly for sentencing innocent witches to die <laughs> and she was like wow and like i'm like well That's a lot <laughs> well you know what you know what though i was like you know i was just like wow that's the most outrageous thing i've ever heard but you know what though you know anyway that being said i'm still a psychic fan though uh you know what i mean i like all that it's a way for self-reflection, right? And it yeah. is. So I self-reflect it that I more than likely was not the judge at the Salem Witch Trials. No harm done. I am so excited to be airing this episode during SF Transit Month, which happens every September. Proud Stutter is proud to be putting on an in-person event at Booksmith called Stuttering Stories Across San Francisco, featuring none other than Dustin Wells. It is on September 27th at 7 p.m. More details at proudstutter.com slash events. So Dustin, I'm wondering, like, is there a moment you can describe or an experience that shaped your stuttering journey? Yes. Uh, I started to be really happy and really comfortable with my stutter uh, and myself when I started to get sober from 18. And I was drinking too much. And I decided to stop that. And I started going to like AA. But when I was going to like AA, it was really an eye opener for me because the people there weren't talking about being drunks like I thought. Like I thought they'd be like, oh, I drank this and I did this and that was dumb, blah, blah, blah. But they were talking about just feeling un comfortable that was the main thing so they were talking about being uncomfortable with themselves and they were talking about being uncomfortable in social things and they were um just talking about not being, not having a lot of like self esteem. So they used alcohol to help themselves adjust how they. About themselves. And I was doing that with alcohol for years. Like, 
if I drank, I found out that my stutter would lessen, or I thought it did, and then I'd be able to hide it, and I could do that. And they were talking about the same thing, too. Like, they were talking about they would feel uneasy, you know, in a social situation or, like, at their job or just pretty much anywhere. So they would use something uh, to help themselves have self-esteem or change the way that they felt. And so when I started to get sober... I started to learn how to just accept feeling uncomfortable at times. And I felt uncomfortable every time I tried to talk. And when I just started to accept that, I started to feel less and less uncomfortable at all times. And uh, so five years down the road after that, I'm just really comfortable at all times now. There's very, it's very rare that I feel uh, social anxiety, or I feel like I am not able to talk, and I still stutter all the time. So that hasn't changed at all. But at age 47 until right now, I've just become more and more accepting of uh, who I am. And part of who I am is that every time I talk, I stutter. And yet at the same time, I have no anxiety about that now that's amazing (laughs) no that that that's amazing i'm just trying to like digest everything you did you just said because it's so powerful i just want to say this because i know you're a podcast is listened to by people that's daughter and i would just like to say to them like when you stutter sometimes we get low self-esteem so then we do things to ease that uh low self-esteem and we we can get into a lot of like things where we're just eating too much or we become uh we become love addicts or like sex addicts, or we try to get our self-esteem from being really awesome at our jobs or being really smart or like showing off in some way. 
And I'd like to say to them that you don't have to stop that, but just be aware that you might be over compensating in some area of your life uh, to make up for the, the low self-esteem or the shame or the inadequacy that you feel when you, when you talk. And um, I'd also like you know, to say that you don't have to stop it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So don't be in, stop being awesome at like tennis or riding a skateboard or, you know, something a lot like that or like eating sugar, you know, but just be aware that that might be happening. And I'd argue that once you are aware of that, things begin to change in your life and you become happier and more comfortable. Yeah, I can definitely, I mean, I think every human can kind of connect with that. And as someone who stutters, like I overcompensate by always trying to be like perfect and like perfectionism is definitely one way I do that. And so, and Kristen, as someone that doesn't stutter, like, it seems like that is just such a relatable thing across like anyone, even, even people who don't stutter. Absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing. I feel like, um, you know, recognizing our relationship to food or alcohol or all those things is, is good to be aware of. And then to Dustin's point, you can then start to recognize when you're feeling that anxiety and um, be conscious of it and then make, you know, changes, whether it's, you know, conscious choices to reduce or eliminate those things. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. What's really funny though, is I still use food to like self, uh, you know, and I don't feel bad about that though. Like I'm going to eat that donut and I'm not going to feel shame. I know it's not going to change things a whole lot, but that donut is so good. <laughs> so, so, it's, <laughs> so it's like still there, you know, but I'm just aware of it now. Like, you know, I have a hard day at my job and I'm like, oh, I need some salty, fatty food now, <laughs> you know. The, the way you were describing it, I was thinking it could be like a shame cycle, right? Like where you're eating uh, and then you feel shame, shame about that. <laughs> and you know, like just keeps yeah. going, getting like you do something else to compensate for feeling bad about that you over overate, you know, whatever. Well, and so like, like, I think like what you're saying is, is that like, once you recognize that that's the thing, you also can kind of say like, okay, I don't need to feel so bad that I did that because I recognized I did it and I made a choice to self-soothe in that way. Right. Yeah. Like I have less and less shame every day, uh, shame about how I talk, 
shame about how I look. I'm kind of chubby. Uh, I'm also older. Uh, when I look in the mayor, I'm like, oh my God, who's that old guy there? Uh, uh, and also like, I just accept the fact now that I'm like a mediocre father. I'm a crappy husband. You know, I just accept these things and I'm just happier. Uh, I'm not really fantastic at my job, you know, <laughs> so I'm not really good. I disagree with that. Anything. <laughs> I'm not really good at anything. And the realization of the, the, this is that I'm the happiest man alive because I just accept it now, you know, and it's just, it's odd to be mediocre and oh, I've lost that n- need to excel. That's it. I think at age fifty-two, I've lost the need to overcompensate, and it's just made me feel happy. Yeah, I think that's very, um, that's very powerful, and like just seeing you in your element on the bus, I just felt that lightness to you. Um, and it was just, it was, it, it made me look at things differently because it's like you can do something as simple as riding a bus every day, but then you have this like shift in perspective. And now I'm like, never going to ride the bus the same way again. <laughs> Something I wanted to share with you really quickly before we get back into the episode. Proud Stutter is partnering with Facetronomy on a campaign called Stuttertober. Every Tuesday and Thursday in October, we will be lifting up a story from a person who stutters. From rappers to bus drivers like our very own Dustin Wells. You can also sign up to access exclusive pre-release Proud Stutter bonus episodes. Also, we'll be giving away raffle prizes, including stuttering-themed posters, artwork, and more in honor of Stuttering Awareness Month. More details on all of this in our show notes and on proudstutter.com. Let's join together to spread awareness around stuttering during the month of October. Looking forward to you joining. Now, let's get back to the episode. So, Dustin, I want to switch gears just a little bit because there's something that I've been thinking about, and that's the different ways different disabilities intersect with stuttering. Like, for example, we have a listener who has Asperger's and has a stutter. My cousin has Asperger's, but it does not he but he doesn't really have a, a stutter. So, they don't always go hand in hand, but there are a lot of intersections I'm seeing. And for me personally, I do identify with the neurodiversity community because what I want to say doesn't always come out the same exact way, or it doesn't always go to plan. And And I think it's just the way my brain works and that there's a miscommunication between my speech and my brain and so, yeah, I was just wondering, Justin, if you have thought about the same thing. Well, first of all, when somebody else has a speech uh, 
fluency, I find it really uncomfortable for me. I don't know why that is. I just don't. It makes me feel really uneasy. Uh, and I don't know a lot of folks that have uh, a speech and parament because uh, some states have pretty good speech therapy. <laughs> Other states do not. Uh, uh, but what happens in my life a lot is a lot of people who don't speak English very well, uh, I seem to talk. To them a lot, and a lot of guys at my job are just learning English because they're from China or Vietnam or from Iraq or Yemen or Sudan. And when you drive a bus, you don't have to socialize, but it just makes the job easier, though. And when I find these guys. I'd be like, oh, man, that run was so hard. This was going on or that's going on. And once they find out that I have a hard time talking sometimes, they just feel really comfortable with their uh, foreign accents. And uh, so we kind of seek each other out, I think. And these People were really shy and they kept to themselves and stuff. But now when they see me, they like rush over and they want to tell me about the horrible things that are going on 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 their lines. And I'm just like, yeah, man, I hear you. And And they're just learning English sometimes. Or they just have a really deep th- th- heck accent. So it's hard. And and I'm just like, man, you can take all the time you like to tell me how horrible it is out there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh, we can tell st- st- stories all day long. Like people smoking track on the b- 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 bus. People writing graffiti on the b- b- bus as you're going down the street like you get done and there's this giant tag that's on the side of you and you're like i was driving the whole time how did that happen uh you know just story after story i do want to um if there's any last minute thoughts and then we can wrap it up i was just gonna say thank you for sharing your stories today I loved hearing Dustin's stories about the psychics. <laughs> and and now I'm also f- having greater appreciation for Muni drivers too. So thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a r- really fun, challenging, hard job. Um, I just want to say, Christian, thanks for your store. We actually shop there. I've shopped there many times. I like the... Uh, the hand written use that your staff does. 
I love that. And I want to say thank you to Maya because this podcast has changed my life in that I am now more accepting of my stutter now. And at the age of 52, I am no longer trying to hide it or trying to disguise it. And it's just made me more happy and much more at ease. I just want to say one last thing. And I thought about this and I'd be mad at myself if I don't say this. On your podcast, you have so many great examples of people who are successful. Like they work at Facebook or they're great musicians or they're renowned comedians. I love that. I really do. But I don't want the people who stutter to feel left out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you don't have to be super successful and be like, I'm super successful and I stutter. You can be like me and not be successful. And stutter too. And it's still okay. Like, I don't want to call us losers, but you know, like, you know, there's, there's room out there for like folks that don't have like these amazing, fantastic jobs. Like, you know, you can have a job as a cashier, you know, and stutter. And you're good. You're fine. You're I was going to say, I, I find that people that work like everyday jobs often succeed much more in their, their personal lives than people that have overachieving jobs. Because, you know, in the end, when you look back in your 60s and your 70s and say, like, what was really important? I think a lot of people express regrets about, you know, not making the time for, for family and those personal relationships. And so it's a different kind of success. I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much, both of you again. It's been so fun and we'll see all of our listeners in our next episode of proud stutter. And that's it for this episode of proud stutter. This episode of proud stutter was produced and edited by me, Maya Chupkov. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. If you have an idea or want to be part of a future episode, visit us at www.proudstutter.com. And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. Want to leave us a voicemail? Check out our show notes for the, the number to call in. More importantly, Tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.